Today we're going to talk about biofields. So what are biofields? That's a that's a weird word and what why are they important? Why should you care? Uh, so today we're going to talk a little bit about biofields. I think you guys are going to be surprised at some of this information. Um, at a high level, let's just say, so um, I, I, you know, I'm a world expert, let's say, on the endocannabinoid system, right? And so the endocannabinoid system works by fats, right? So it's, it's when you eat dietary fats, they are broken down into things called endocannabinoids, partly they're also used for fuel and they stick on triglycerides but when you eat dietary fats basically the virtue by virtue of eating dietary fats and by virtue of building endocannabinoids in our intestinal lumen we're giving feedback to our body that tells us a lot about our nutritional state so your body is kind of two things it's kind of this fat system if you will and there's a lot to that fat system the endocannabinoid system is a big part of that fat system and you're also a water-based system, okay? So it's, there's, you know, water, you have water in your blood, you know, water in your lymphatic. Your blood is, uh, for the most part, water-soluble, you know, situation. So it's, it's water-based. You can carry fats and oils in your blood, and you do so in things called chlomericrons, and that's where cholesterol, how cholesterol is, is measured. So VDLs, HDLs, and there's two other ones. Um, that you use to move fats around or oils around, you know, in your body, but you do so in water soluble systems. Okay. And that's because you're, uh, you're electric, your body is electric. So that's what we want to talk about a little bit today is the electric principles of your body. Um, and you know what that's all about. And should you be concerned about that? Is it a important thing, non important thing? And just the fact that we're talking about it should tell you that it's a pretty important thing. So let's dive right in. We all understand like that dead thing that we're looking at, you know, roadkill by the side of the road. Well, what, what differentiates this dead deer from a, a live deer, right? It, it, you know, we can sort of observe that it's decaying and decomposed. Again, it no longer has the life force whatever that means um it, you know it's no longer animated you know whatever that means uh but clearly it's it's no longer let's say electric um and it no longer uh is hydrated right and so so let's 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 look at a little bit about you know what do we what do we call life i mean how do we distinguish a a, a live thing from a from a dead thing right so the condition that distinguishes animals and plants from inorganic matter, being alive or being dead, including the capacity for growth, reproduction, functional activity, and continual change preceding death. So if you're decomposing, you know, if you're more inorganic matter than organic matter, um, you're considered dead, right? But it has to do our what I want you to get you to think about is decomposition, okay? So, so if we're trending toward death, we're decomposing. If we're trending toward life, we're recomposing, <laughs> is the best way to say it. And can that happen? I don't know. It can happen in certain ways. Certainly, can you recompose yourself? 
Yes, I believe you can. Uh, you certainly can ionically, which is what we're going to talk about and where we're going. But what is life, right? So what does it mean to be alive? And, 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 and that's a pretty important thing, you know, when we go back to sort of what's the difference between us and this thing on the side of the road? Um, you know, it kind of hurts the mind, it, it twizzles the almonds to, to think about, right? So it's, it's kind of difficult. But if we boil it down in kind of a, a science way, um, we're going to find out that, that you need water. So you need to be able to be moving water, let's say, through your living system in order to be, you know, considered alive. So all living things from tiny cyanobacteria to giant blue whales need water to survive. Without water, life as we know it would not exist. And most of us realize this. The other thing that's important for life, and again, what happens, what's the difference between that dead thing and you, um, is you're circulating ions through you. So you're moving, just like you're moving water, and again, we have to take in water, we urinate out water, so we input water, we're, we're eliminating water. Um, but what do we do with all that water? We're, we're moving ions. We're, you know, we use water for our blood, we use water for our lymph, we use water in a lot of different ways. But we use water because it's ionic, because I can move things that are electric, that have energy through it. And I can move those things to more static and let's say more dense areas of your body that need those things that aren't as uh, conductive or transmissive, okay? So hopefully this is making sense, but in order to be alive, right, I, I, I have to have water, I have to be hydrated, and I have to have this life force, you know, this movement, let's say, of ions or electricity or kind of however you want to look at it, but it's definitely physically ties to ions. So, you know, and, and again, in this dead thing over here, you know, is this deer moving ions in and out of itself? No, it's it's becoming devoid of ions. It can no. Basically, what happens is the bacteria and the cells inside of this deer, the you know, the, again, the living cells, let's say that we're living inside of this deer, needed to be able to have oxygen and water and ions to be able to do something called ox, oxidative phosphorization which is what we need to be able to do to stay alive, right? So that's what mitochondria need to be able to do to provide you energy. If they can't do it, then you're not going to get energy. But at some point, when that, those things aren't available, then things called gram-negative bacteria begin to take over. They don't need oxygen. They don't need ions. They don't need water. They just need a fermenter. They just need to be able to ferment. So they start fermenting, and that's what's happening to this carcass, is it's being fermented, it's being broken down by these gram-negative bacteria. Yeah, so pretty interesting, right? So again, this is all gonna relate back to you at some point, and you know, gram-negative bacteria kind of mean that we're, um, you know, those guys think that we're dead, <laughs> trying to decompose us, okay? So, but point of this is that, you know, sort of two critical things that are responsible for you being animated, you being alive, and that's water and that's ions. So you have to be able to move sort of electricity and, and, and electrons through you. Um, and you need to be able to do that in water and we need to constantly resupply and resustain that water. 
So uh, metal ions are fundamental elements for the maintenance of lifespan of plants, animals, and humans. Their substantial role in biological systems was recognized a long time ago. They are essential for the maintenance of life and their absence can, can cause growth disorders, severe malfunction, carcinogenesis, or death, carcinogenesis, cancer, or death. Okay, so pretty dang important, right? And it's really interesting when you look at really severe disease like autism, um, let's see, let's do this. Uh, autism is going to be something that is going to be a dysregulation of metal. So autism and mental regulation. And again, you know, the fact that autistic people, so again, this is what you wanna see when you're searching for stuff. And you've got, you know, fetal and postnatal metal dysregulation in autism, you know, whole blood zinc and copper levels in children with autism, lack of association between autism and four heavy metal regulatory genes. Um, well, that's a lack of, but anyway, you can kind of tell that there's lots on metal in, in autism, which is kind of what I wanted to get you to see. So they're dysregulated, autistic people are dysregulated in how they deal with metal, which would indicate that they're dysregulated ionically um, which is interesting. Okay, so if you go look at like ions and you, I mean, you're gonna find some stuff about metal, but that's it. The term you're gonna find that you really need to find is something called electrolytes. So this is what we wanna look at is electrolytes. Um, these are how we're moving uh, electrons around inside of us. So these guys are used for just all different kinds of reactions inside of you. Um, but you have to be able to move ions. You gotta be able to move ions and these guys gotta be able to move back and forth and kind of flow like a river. Well, it's looking like in disease, guess what? You slow down the movement of ions, you leak ions and you just, you basically slow down the movement of them inside of you. So we want kind of a situation almost like a washing machine, you know, you can think about um, and where most of us are at is this just, you know, hardly any kind of uh, agitation or torque, I guess, um, in our systems. Torque is uh, a deeper thinking about this because that's really literally how it works is through torque. Okay, so all right, Chip, you've told me all this stuff, you know, yeah, I need ions and I need water. Well, you know, what does that mean? You know, how does that relate to me? Is this measurable? Does it matter to my health and all that? Yes, it does. So if you want to research this yourself, the term is something called biofield. Bioelectrons, biomagnetics, you know, bio, bio, bio. So, but your biofield is, I'll just read you this definition from Biofield Therapies, American Counseling Association. So the biofield is a large field of energy that surrounds and extends out from the body about eight feet. No part of the energy system is visible to the human eye, but the biofield can be felt with the hands, often through either pressure or temperature changes. Eight feet is a pretty long way, right? Um, do you feel uncomfortable in a crowded room? It's probably because, you know, your biofield is, is being invaded by someone else. You know, what is your comfortable distance? Um, you know, at eight feet, can you begin to sense, you know, things from other people's biofields? So doesn't that just lend itself to some fascinating discussion and fascinating thoughts? Uh, does the biofield exist? Uh-oh, my, my internet appears to be funky. 
Um, anyway, so, uh, but anyway, the, the thought of a biofield is interesting. And so what would this look like? You know, potentially what would the biofield look like? It would look something like this, okay? Where we've got this extension um, of magnetic lines uh, that would flow out from kind of our north pole, which is our head, and be connected to our south pole, which is our, our feet. Um, there's a little bit more to this. If you're alive and you're sort of moving ions in and out, this field will torque and it will torque kind of to the right on the bottom and to the left on the top. Uh, that is something called a torsion field, which we'll talk about in a second. But this is the, this is the way that I kind of think it looks, you know, to me. So what would, a, what would this biofield, you know, look like if you could, if you could actually see it? something like this right but it wouldn't potentially be this robust for all of us um you know you could tell probably a lot about health and disease um by evaluating this biofield if you could see it so cool stuff huh all right so quick lesson in quantum mechanics because uh, we just got to get into a little bit of the quanta uh, as we talk about this so quantum mechanics is We've all had our high school chemistry class, right? We learned about protons and neutrons and electrons and all that stuff. Well, protons are pretty important guys, and this is a picture of a proton. So it turns out pro a proton is made up of smaller particles, two, or things called quarks, and, and things that stick quarks together called gluons. And quarks always come in threes, at least in more advanced particles like a proton. So a proton is just two up quarks and one down quark. You will also notice that these quarks have a color and the color is important in quarks because um, they have different properties and they call them spin properties, which we're gonna talk about in a second, and they equate those to color. Um, but you can change the color of quarks, which is interesting magnetically. You do a lot of things with magnets, right? So anyway, uh, this is what a, this is a, you know, quantum mechanics 101. This is what a proton looks like. It is two up and one down quark, and they can be, of, they have to be of different colors. So all of them have to be different colored in order to make a proton. Isn't that cool? Uh, so quick story about torsion fields. I think this is kind of a cool story. You will notice pseudoscience in the very, you know, uh, let's say deep state Wikipedia definition. Um, interesting thing I learned a while back is these guys got to tell us the truth. <laughs> so they have to give us the truth in some form, um, which is useful, you know, if you sort of can, are a good discerner of information, let's just say. So they got to give us the truth, even though they might try to hide the truth in, thing, in terms like pseudoscience. But torsion fields are something that the Russians started uh, studying in the early 1900s, even before that, to a certain degree. It's probably in here. Eh, no, it's probably not, because we're not gonna give any credits to the Russians for anything. Oh yeah, here's sort of Center for Non-Traditional. Yeah, there's a Russian guy right there. Um, but uh, torsion fields really were first discovered when they were looking at parapsychology. So they were trying to figure out action at a distance, right? So they knew that in some cases people were telepathic, in some cases um, people could affect a reaction or, or some outcome uh, at a distance, right? And they knew also that there were some action at a distance things happening in quantum mechanics, which wasn't called quantum mechanics at the time. 
But they tried to figure this out, and so they were able to identify fields that are associated with living things. And these fields are called torsion fields. And the cool thing is they can be measured. And so we actually have a device. Um, if you look at uh, bioresonance, so bioresonance is, let's see if I can do this or whatever, screw things up. I'll show you kind of what these guys look like, but this is this is what we use uh, to measure, and these measure biofields. Okay, so uh, some of the, this one looks like the old uh, you know Scientology device, and a lot of these guys do because they're skin galvanization. But our guy uses headphones. He kind of looks like this. So he uses headphones, and you hold a device, but uh, the headphones are measuring. Uh, these torsion fields, believe it or not, which is kind of cool. And you can measure these with a, if you have the right kind of antenna. Uh, in Western science, so you don't get the pseudoscience, so you guys are like, ah, oh, Chip, you're talking about crank stuff and torsion field. It says right there, pseudoscience. Okay, well, if you go to Western science, uh, there's something called spinner fields. And so you can look up spinner fields. But, but this is the idea that, that basically electromagnetically things are connected. So these are belts that are connected to a cube and then this cube moves, um, but the belts never uh, become entangled as the cube moves. And so that's the kind of cool and important thing to see is that these belts do not become, uh, they don't interfere with each other even as this uh, spirals. So this is a spinner field or a torsion field. Again, as you affect these magnetic ley lines, you can think of this as a quark, okay, in the middle. Uh, you can also think of this as a chakra point in the middle, um, if you relate this to you, or you know, a sort of a nexus point in a plant. Um, but these spin, these move, and that's what life is all about. Really, is is our magnetism and kind of how we spin and move uh, in fields, which is cool stuff. And that's what really defines life in a way. So, where does all this come from? Uh, the sun right so and you can spell that s-o-n if you'd like um, but the sun is where the energy comes from let's say to rotate the spirals to create the biofields to create the torque that you need to sustain life all right so without the sun there ain't no torque and you ain't living uh, it's really literally that simple so the other cool thing about this is we uh, we probably have different modes of being and what I mean by that is you're you're to me it looks like you're designed to live in different let's say densities and by densities I mean densities of matter uh, so you're when I don't think it can get any more dense than it is right here on earth right now but you're kind of built to live in a, in a very dense situation. And, and right now it's so dense here on Earth. That's why many of us, you know, it's a lot of gravity, right? So it's hard to sort of, we're not maybe at our, at our best physically in this particular environment. But your body, it looks like to me, which is really cool, is built to run in these different environments. So, you know, potentially you could run, you know, on Venus. I'm not saying you could, but, you know, it, potentially your body could energetically elevate to a point where the re reactions that you need are not the same. So would you still need oxygen? I don't know. Would you still need water? I don't know. 
But at some point, energetically, you can run on ions, you know, rather than physical things like food and, and you know, water. And, I, and I, you probably always need water, um, it's looking like, and, you know, ions. Um, but we can, uh, we can exist, uh, you know, in different modes is what it's looking like, which is really cool. And, you know, if you were going to build, a, if you go with me that life is on other planets and the human form, you know, potentially is on other planets, well, then that makes sense, doesn't it? Because other planets would have different uh, physical, you know, material properties than this planet does. And, and we'd have to, our physical form would have to be able to be built to sustain in those different environments. Anyway the sun isn't that cool you know so it's we literally live by the sun it creates these torsion fields these torsion fields and water are kind of what define life and again that could happen in any kind of physical environment but here it's very solid and physical and so we have physicality as a result all right, so that's about all I have for you guys today. Uh, hopefully you can kind of, you know, again, we're, we're, we're headed somewhere um, and we're headed to really a, a point of more, a deeper understanding about how you work, um, a breaking, let's say, of the, of the uh, it's not a lie that you're told by pharma and, and education, it's just more of a, a little box, right? So if I teach you this little box and I know all about this, I can, I'm magic. I'm like a god. I can do all kinds of things. And you go, wow, how did he do that? Because I know this and you know this, right? So it's a, a way to control and compartmentalize information. And that's what you've been taught about. You know, you've been taught this, right? About how you work and it, the, the box is huge. So how do we teach you about that box and how do I sort of get you there? Well, that's what I'm, I'm trying to do. So we'll, we'll continue on with uh, other chip talks. But hopefully you guys have enjoyed this. Again, if you're on YouTube, sub subscribe and do all the stuff that they always tell you to do. Uh, forward these around. Feel free to share them. You know, I am trying to give you knowledge and information that I want you to share. I want you to understand. Um, we'll always have ways to, you know, sell you things, let's say through with supplements or consulting or, you know, whatever it is, but uh, I'm giving you this knowledge freely and I want you to, I want you to take it. I want you to share it. So anyway, see you guys. Love you guys. And we'll